It takes more than signing handwritten letters with colon WQWQWQ instead of XOXOXO <laughs> to be a great software engineer. This is episode 277 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. <laughs> I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is your weekly advice show about the non-technical topics around the technical field of software development. Nothing says I don't even know I, what the Emacs sorry. version. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Nothing says I love you like colon WQ. Like I'm I'm furiously trying to quit this letter. <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't even know gosh. what the Emacs version of this would be. It's like control control alt spacebar escape one two three four or <laughs> something have, like that. You have to hold down more keys than there are human average human fingers on a human being. First, you must learn Emacs Lisp. Yeah. And then you can quit Emacs by writing a simple function. A simple, pure functional script. I don't think Emacs Lisp is pure. It's just pure about parens. Oh, okay. That's not what this show is about, though. Nope. <laughs> but I do love it. Man, that one really got me by surprise. Okay. We have some feedback from a listener. Yes. We got a, a very interesting message from a listener named Daniel... Meshader, I think I'm saying that right, maybe, but probably not, about episode 276, which I'll remind you was about negotiating an exit incentive. This is like, I guess um, we talked about this last week where you negotiate a payout when you leave a company. Daniel writes the following, hey, just listened to episode 276 and wanted to give you a heads up that negotiating exits can be a thing over here in Europe. Maybe the question asker is European. It's usually in the very specific context where the company needs to lay off staff, for example, to make the books look nicer before a merger or sale, which in itself is already much more expensive over here than in the U.S. But then it gets even more difficult in companies with a strong union as they can require the company to lay off people in a specific order respecting social criteria. In such a situation when you're a very expensive staff member that they could not easily lay off or otherwise, that gives you some leverage to negotiate an exit. These are very specific circumstances, though. Keep up the good work, and thanks for the consistent entertainment. Huh. Thanks for the feedback. Yeah, very interesting. But I was going to say, I won't idly speculate, but then then the show would be over. <laughs> so there, there has to be some, some legal requirement of, like, you have to pay them at least this much, and they, you're somehow offering them something less expensive than... Somehow it is better for them than to just do what the, the union contract requires right otherwise why wouldn't they just keep doing the thing yeah there must be some penalty for laying someone off without some amount of notice or something and the penalty is big enough to where it makes sense for them to pay you a lot of money but when you leave yeah that is a good call out though about um unions being a thing in not america in software and and a lot of industries we we definitely have our our america goggles on sometimes this might be a good opportunity to announce the new software engineering union that jameson and i are starting you get in by just contributing one or more dollars to our Patreon account, and then you're <laughs> that, that's your dues. And then we'll negotiate on your behalf for anything, anything at all, used cars, whatever. You feel like the price of gas is too high? Call us. At the pump? Yeah, just haggle, <laughs> haggle with the cashier. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. In this union, you actually do all the negotiating yourself. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> what? Well... You'll learn about the rest of the benefits in the Slack team that right. you get invited to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't worry. They're really good. <laughs> They're extensive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor. Thank you very much to Hired for sponsoring this show and this episode. 
It is the best way for engineers to find their next job. And, and good work, listeners, by the way. They like us. They said they're seeing great success from this ad. So keep it up. Yeah, keep quitting. <laughs> yeah. Good job quitting. All right. Do you want to thank our patrons, Dave? Yeah, thank you to those people that are giving us so much money <laughs> that we shout them out every single week. They are Andrew Pollock, an invisible iframe clickjacking attack, trans rights, Ian Walter, Arun Dunna, Kashokton, Ohio, Cameron Hall, patron.com.au, we're hiring, Ira Chan, monkey face emoji, Jonathan King, testing is documenting.org, Roman Denisov, fizzbuzz underscore influencer, Oladapo Fadayi, Karen Svainson, Will Angel, Ragnar Hardison, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Dennis Bogdanov, Braden Keynes, John Grant, I bought Winrar. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cantar, <laughs> Nick Cantar, Philip Jamazil, bitesofwisdom.com with a Y. If you would like to join this illustrious crew, just go over to softskills.audio on the worldwide internet web and click support us on Patreon. Any dollar amount will get you access to our Slack community. And uh, those invites go out the first of ev- the first week of every month, which reminds me, I'm late. We'll get those out to you right away. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you contribute enough, we'll, we'll say whatever appropriate words you want us to say every week on the show. As is traditional with unions. That's right. Like unions. <laughs> That's right. Following the footsteps of the Teamsters. Or, right. I don't even know what. Yeah. I'm, the Steelworkers of America inspired us on this one. Yes. All right. I would like to read our first question. Can I please? You, you have my express permission. All right. This is from an anonymous listener who says, my company recently had a kerfuffle where some teams felt that reviewing a PR, a pull request in less than three weeks was an unreasonable ask. As such, I I, hesit- I I wanted to change ask to request, but I'll I'll do it for you, listener. I'll be okay. faithful to what you wrote okay. instead of the word that's better. As <laughs> such, <laughs> the company is trying to come up with guidelines for cross-team uh, asks. <laughs> the current proposal <laughs> is for work of one to two hours. They will commit to an SLA of six months. I feel uh, this is a polite way of saying no to any request. <laughs> Are there any ways we could come to a more reasonable agreement on this? I felt like that was an impolite way to say no. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's not, that's not super polite. An uh, SLA of six months. Oh, my gosh. I, I had a fight with somebody about SLAs at my last job because they kept using the term SLA for like uptime and, and latency mm-hmm. targets. And I was trying to tell them it's not an SLA because we are not going to pay the other team at our company money to make up for not hitting the number. It's, it's not, there's not a, like a contract around it that you're talking about a target. So maybe this is all a misunderstanding and they want you, they're saying an SLA of six months because they don't want to pay a heavy financial penalty if they don't get to it right away. But if you say, Oh no, we're not, we're not going to sign a contract. Like just do this in a day or Mm -hmm. we'll be mad. Then they'll relax. Say it's an SLO instead of an SLA. And then, yeah, that, that's the term I was going to call out. I, in the last few months, I recently learned the term SLO, which stands for what, Jameson? I don't want to look stupid. Service level objective. Yes, which is like a, a weasel's version of an SLA. There's no money on the line. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, the SLA is like the contractual agreement of what happens if you do not meet your SLOs. Ah, uh, um, this oh. is this is great because it's given me something else to be pedantic about. Yes, which clearly just makes <laughs> makes life better for me. <laughs> My boss's boss is like talking about SLAs, and I well actually him in Slack yeah. in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like this is this is unusually pedantic for you to to be like no 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 your your three letter acronym is off by one letter. 
I care about these things. I, I like uh, this kind of stuff, like reliability and resilience and, mm -hmm. and SRE type stuff. So I will be pedantic about it. Well, I thank you for calling that out because now I have to go and change a bunch of wording on my current team because I've been using the word SLA in the way that you hate. Ah, but it, that, that'll get you an SLAP. <laughs> <laughs> Service level agreement problem punch <laughs> service level agreement punched <laughs> that's what a slap is <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right okay. so that doesn't solve the problem though <laughs> i'm sure they're not they're not an a misunderstanding of what sla means away from being reasonable yeah, about exactly if times. only if only they knew that if only they would change this at this six month term to be an slo then all your problems would go away yeah <laughs> if that doesn't work, the proposal is for work of one to two hours, an SLA of six months. What did that make? What did the one to two hours part mean to you? I think that means it takes an hour or two to do the to to write up the work. Or are you saying they expect an hour or two of work to review the pull request? Like it'll take you an hour or two to review this. If it takes an hour know, or two, we'll do it six months from now. Is that? Yeah. Is that? I mean, this whole paragraph just drips of. What? Like, who is this team? D don't you know you're supposed to rubber stamp stuff <laughs> in code <laughs> reviews? <laughs> what do you mean you read every line and try and understand the architecture changes? Yeah. Okay, so I, th I I had thought it meant this is an hour or two of work to create the pull request. Like, to, it's a little tiny fix, but that makes way less sense than what, you, what I think you're saying, which is it'll take an hour or two to review this, and, and they're saying we'll get to it within six months. Okay, that yeah, I think that's what it's saying. I think you can, well, okay. If you want to escalate the situation, you can say, uh, no thanks, we just we just won't need your reviews then. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. fine. We, we need it sooner than six months, so we'll just go ahead with the changes. Yeah, exactly. Given given your con the constraints that are clearly upon you, we're going to do you a favor, and we'll just ship this code without your review. Yeah, I, I assume they have strong ownership, they being the team that is telling you We'll get to your pull request in six months. I'm assuming that they have some kind of strong ownership over the code base, maybe even like enforced by whatever system you're using. So maybe there's not a button you can press to say merge this or I feel deploy like, this or something. I feel like this team is the living embodiment of those recorded messages when you call in and you get like a robot on the other end and they're like, your call is very important to us. The wait time <laughs> is currently six months. <laughs> <laughs> your bug fix is very important yeah. to us <laughs> what's the other thing they say we're experiencing higher than normal yes. pull request review pull request review backlog yes yeah <laughs> also our menu has changed <laughs> uh guidelines this yeah this just all stinks like and i mean yeah. stinks as in like org smell, mm -hmm. uh, I guess, have you heard of code smells where there's there's signs in the code that something bad is happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this feels like an org smell that you're trying to come up with a guideline for cross-team requests at the company level because this team just can't get it together. Like, yeah, I feel like that, that feels like a low trust environment where you're saying, yeah. we have asked you to review our code. You have said, no, that's unreasonable. So we will form a committee to create a constitution of pull request review expectations. 
and that's okay, but it's still going to take forever. This To me, this smacks... Well, I can think of a few scenarios where this could be happening. Scenario one is that this is a team with a very complex, but also very central code base. And in your company, a lot of other teams depend on this team's systems, but the complexity is high enough that this team has learned that when other teams try to contribute, it ruins their lives. And so... I imagine that they didn't feel like they could say no to other teams contributing code changes. And so they they wielded the bureaucracy weapon instead to say, oh, no, we we definitely welcome code changes from every team. <laughs> like, pull requests welcome. Yes, pull requests welcome. There's a slight throughput problem. <laughs> just a small latency issue. So that's how I see it. That's one scenario I could imagine is where they've just been burned so many times from outside contributions. Because you know how like other teams, they don't quite have the, they don't have your long-term best interests in mind. Sure. And so they'll make short-term changes that kind of ruin your life in three months. You know? Yeah. And then it's like, oh crap, now we have essentially have a contract with this team that made this point solution in our code base that we'll never be able to get rid of. So I can imagine that's what's mm. happening here. But they just didn't have the backbone to say, no, sorry, we don't do that. But we have a six-month roadmap process, and you can talk to our product manager or, you know, whoever. Yeah. Yeah, get the get the code reviews on our Q3 roadmap. Yeah, and that's that's actually pretty common at big companies. So at a big company I worked at, it was like, yeah, look, these teams, these central teams that provide libraries or platform services for other teams, they have long three to six month roadmaps that are all booked out. And it's like, if you want to disrupt that, you better have a pretty compelling business case and a VP or two in your back pocket to tell them to, to change. Hmm. A kerfuffle or something. Just reading through this question again. Yeah. That. So I worked at a previous job where there there was a situation kind of like this where there was a central, complicated, kind of high-stakes piece of code mm-hmm. that one team was responsible for broadly and, and especially was responsible for deploying. And it was a horrible pain to deploy. And and also responsible for, uh, like, production incidents with it. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they could flout to other teams if, if they found out, oh, it was this other team's thing that broke. But it all went through this team. Yeah. And... There, there were several other teams that wanted changes made in this system and and could not just ask the team that owned it to do it for them because of time constraints. And then there was this weird dynamic of, of making the changes and then trying to push them through. And I do, yeah, I remember very vividly seeing that friction of um, the team that wrote the change has some deadline they're trying to meet or someone pushing on them to get this thing done. The team that owns the system is like, reluctant to accept it but also reluctant to be a blocker and it kind of just sits it didn't turn into this bad of an issue with with specific slas and, and stuff like that but it was tricky to figure out and i don't think that i ever saw it solved well i think the the thing that made it better was just the people on the other teams got a little bit better at working in the code base mm-hmm. but that's not that's not like a a change to the system that solved it. That's just trust developed after they worked together for a longer period of time. Yeah. It's almost like, I wonder if this team has a similar thing where it's like, it's six months for you and for everyone else, it's 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this very ungenerously about the team, but your comment about these central libraries that have very, uh, broad dependencies on them or something that that makes maybe a little more sense 
if if it literally is like finding the time to look at your code, you can do some things to make the code review shorter by making your pull request easier to review. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the problem here, though. I don't yeah. think if you take that time from one hour to 30 minutes, then the SLA will go from six months to three months. I don't know. If, if they can't, yeah, that doesn't seem like the issue. So you could rewrite their system to not depend on them, just route around them. How so? I don't know. They own some central service. Just make make your own version. Replace make it. your own central service. Yeah, that's kind of tongue in cheek. But if 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 it's just your team, then there's probably some conflict between the teams at maybe a, a personal level. If it's this team and every other team, then you your company has a big central blocking dependency that is bad and and probably needs to be solved at an architectural level. Mm-hmm. So. I think the point I am I am meandering towards is you probably need to find out what this team's incentives are for saying this and and figure out how you can change their incentives. I don't think you just lean on them to work harder. I don't think that will work and it will probably make them dig in even more. But you have to figure out why they're telling you we can get to it in six months. Is it because, like you said, if this if this change goes out and breaks stuff, then it's 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 like the apocalypse for your company, then then maybe you should solve that problem. Yeah, indeed. At my last company, we had a model that we called the away team model. And we, we went to great lengths to define rules of engagement for cross-team collaboration like this, including, I'll just say SLOs, even though we probably mm. said SLAs at the time, of <laughs> review turnaround times. And so once we had established that, we wrote up a document, shared it with the organization, and hundreds of developers followed this practice. I didn't invent this. It was well it was well established across teams, but we kind of codified it for our little corner of the organization. And I'd say it was pretty effective, at least with the backdrop of a six-month turnaround time on reviews. It was very effective by comparison. Yeah. I, I didn't know reviews could take this long in, in the normal case. I, I'm not aware of any code review that after six months is even valid to review. And maybe that's why they chose the word six months. They were like, oh, <laughs> rejected. That all the code you want to change has has upgraded and migrated away from this pattern. It, yeah, you know, bad news about those APIs you're depending on yeah, six months ago. Yeah, they're all gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. What's what's like the opposite of LGTM, where it's just like, I need an acronym for, I'm closing this without reading it because it's obsolete. Hmm. RTFM, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> you just type LOL. That's the acronym. And close it. LOL, yeah. closed. <laughs> <laughs> that could be what the team does to you, too, if you, oh, uh, if you say, no, we have to have this code reviewed within a day. Then they're like, okay, the answer is no. We'll right. give you a review for all of your code from here on out forever. You don't even have to ask us. Right. It's it's easy. Just type no and close your pull request. Right. You can do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, I've I've heard that uh, Stripe is pretty good about code review um, happening within hours to when you submit, and there's a cultural norm of of you kind of drop what you're doing and and review other people's code. Mm-hmm. I've worked at one startup where that was the case. I've worked at places where it took a day or two. I've worked at places where sometimes it took a few days. I don't think I've worked anywhere where it generally takes longer than like two or three days to review the 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 pull requests that are kind of in the middle part of the bell curve of complexity. Right. Yeah, this is just really weird, and I think there's got to be some other pressure on this team that is that is saying this that makes them feel like they can't 
maybe maybe they have too many people submitting code reviews and they can't just they 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 would just spend all their time doing it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely something very strange going on here because the messages that are coming out of this team are not the messages I, I'm sure do not reflect the reality. Like no no team would reasonably say there's a 6-month turnaround time on reviews and that's what we're striving for. Yeah. Um, unless there's something seriously wrong. You uh, so you could do a little bit of an appeal to how how this would work and uh, uh, appeal to authority where the authority is some book somebody wrote that said here's how you do it like you can talk about how the the kind of industry standard for this is hours to days and and what is getting in the way of us meeting that standard like what do we need to change so that we can get code reviews done in hours to days instead of just push and say um review our code faster because that maybe makes it a little bit less aggressive and and turns you more into someone willing to help with the problem that is causing them to push back instead of just applying pressure to work harder or mm-hmm. ignore all these other incentives they have. Mm-hmm. I I can't imagine that the manager of your team is happy with this either. Like at some point this feels like it needs to get escalated upward and and someone higher up that is in charge of both of the trees that these teams fall under needs to help weigh in on, yes. on this. Absolutely. There's something dysfunctional here that needs management attention for sure. And maybe maybe it's just architectural, you know? Yeah, in that case, it'll be a year to solve. And right. Then, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's a longer fix. Have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck. Sounds very tough. I would love to hear more details about why it takes that long too. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, if our assumptions are correct about, about what's going on in that team. Hey, Jameson, have you heard about The Great Resignation? Is it that Charles Dickens book? (laughs) Wait, no. The entire population on Earth has started taking our advice of quit your job. Oh, yes, that's right. Apparently, we have achieved influencer status. We've been telling developers for years to quit their jobs, and now we want to tell you how to do it. We're ready to reveal the secret. You mean you don't just walk out shooting finger guns? (laughs) Yes, well, you do that first, but after you do that... There's a new service we want to tell you about called Hired. What is Hired, Dave? Hired is the biggest AI-driven marketplace that matches engineers with companies. It is a great way to find your next job. I've been watching this industry for 20 years with a keen interest on hiring in particular, and I've never seen anything like Hired. Tell me about what you're seeing. So I've interviewed about 150 people in the last year, and I am serious. Every candidate that's come to me through Hired has multiple offers, and they're incredibly high, scary high, like 30% higher than other candidates. Is that before or after the finger guns? <laughs> Both. <laughs> the beauty is it's totally free for engineers, and we would love for you to go try it. Go to Hired.com slash soft skills to check it out. Hired.com slash soft skills. Quit your job the best way and check out Hired. Would you like to read our next question, Dave? Yes, I would. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, Hi, my laptop has died after upgrading to macOS Monterey. I got to insert a comment here. This is not an endorsement or an anti-endorsement for any version of any operating system. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Apple, we have to edit this out. We're not giving Apple free ad time. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Don't actually edit that out. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, anyway, my laptop died, and I've been given a 2017 MacBook with poor specs as a replacement due to no fault of my own. I'm at a startup of around 100 employees, and I don't think we've got a mature setup in terms of getting replacement machines. I'm a senior engineer and need a speedy laptop for my intense role. It'd be faster for me to use my personal MacBook than using the replacement, but I don't think that would be allowed. How would you suggest I go about requesting a replacement MacBook with specs that fit my role? Do companies have budgets set aside for these expenses? Thanks. Yes, they do. If you're 100 people, then your company should have some budget set aside for equipment replacement. They were like, when we made the budget at the beginning of the year, we were 15 people and we budgeted for 15 laptops. Now we're 100. (laughs) So we're just, we're going to Goodwill and getting computers off the shelves and handing them out to new employees. I've been given a 2017 MacBook Pro with poor specs. You know, some people would be would would love a 2017 MacBook Pro with poor specs. Maybe you just need to change your perspective and not use a GUI and As I recall, that was the worst MacBook Pro ever made. It had Oh, is that keys- the one with the crappy keyboard that yes, breaks all the time? <laughs> the keyboard's break, they got rid of a bunch of ports, the touch bar's terrible, and okay. everybody said no, no, just keep your 2016 MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> I read uh, someone was doing um, reviews of MacBooks in reverse chronological order and pretending like they were new releases. And so they did a, <laughs> a review of the the one before they switched to USB-C and it was um, glowing. It's got HDMI ports. It's got SD card slots. It's got this cool <laughs> MagSafe adapter. They got rid of the touch bar. You have real keys it's only a little bit thicker what a good change (laughs) that's so funny yeah you could ask for a 2016 macbook then yeah exactly and also through no fault of my own maybe you're maybe you're finding out currently that you have offended somebody this is their way of getting back at you (laughs) your it staffer is mad yeah yeah you didn't come to their birthday party yeah Try and oh, build man. your JavaScript bundle now. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it went from five minutes to 45 hours. <laughs> 45 hours till you get the crash because you ran out of memory. Yeah. Okay. Here's So what you can do is say, I need to either rewrite our tool chain in something faster so that it works on my machine, or you can just buy me a new laptop and it'll take like, I don't know, maybe 50 years for me to rewrite the operating system and then probably another 100 of, to, to build a working web browser. So that's several, I don't know, is that hundreds of millions of dollars by then? Perfect. Can I just yeah, get that prepaid? That's the trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> There's a 50% discount if you pay me right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This feels so obvious to me. Like you just uh, the the cost of a of a cruddy laptop is pretty apparent for software engineers. Even if it's if it's if it's twice as slow, then you're you're more than twice as frustrated. Yeah. So and and in this, uh, it's not that much money to a hundred person company. It's like what two three thousand dollars. Someone has a credit card that they just spent that much money on for, for like something way less useful for the company than a laptop. Yeah, this company is probably spending over $10 million a year on salaries. So just put that in perspective. If they bought $103,000 laptops, that would be like 2% of their budget, of their labor budget. So undoubtedly, this would be fine. I, I think 
the question at the end is, how do I go about requesting a replacement MacBook? You go about requesting a replacement MacBook by requesting a replacement MacBook. (laughs) (laughs) You say, I want a replacement MacBook that's not four years old. And then your manager says, okay. And then within a couple of weeks, you have one. I mean, at the at the very most, I could see you having to say, it is frustrating to have this laptop for these reasons. It makes my job harder because of, I don't know, Xcode takes longer to start up or whatever it is. Yeah, if, if I could pay $3,000 to make one of my engineers much less frustrated and much more productive, I would do that in an instant. Yes. Yeah, so this this should be a good investment for your company. It is. It absolutely is. And and I think so I've I've seen a lot of equipment replacement policies and typically they go something like this. Pick a number of years and everyone gets new equipment in terms of, you know, computers after that many years. And the longest one I've seen is 4. Hmm. At I don't know how many, maybe 5 companies. 4 years. Like no one no company I've ever worked for had a replacement policy that was longer than 4 years. So you're already there, I think. The fact that they're handing out new ones tells me that I don't know, maybe they just don't have, or sorry, I said new ones. The fact that they're handing out four-year-old laptops tells me some, maybe something's wrong, or maybe they were just hustling and hoping that you would be okay with that. Or maybe the IT person who hands out laptops doesn't actually know how old it is and just thought, oh, that looks, that's a space, <laughs> space gray MacBook. <laughs> Hand them one of the gray rectangles. That's the yeah. instructions written down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From the gray rectangle bin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that if they were 15 people at the beginning of the year and have grown. That that could be a reason why it's just chaos. But the good news, if your company is growing that fast, spending money is not a problem it has. <laughs> you you have spent a lot of money to grow from 15 to 100 people. So they should be comfortable just throwing more money at stuff to make problems go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do companies have budgets set aside? Yeah, if if they're stable and mature, then for sure they do. Which this one is probably not. I mean, I wouldn't, I would not, this is 100 people. In today's economy, that's probably a fast-growing, I'm just going to assume fast-growing company. They probably don't have, they haven't even thought about this problem before. They've just been able to get by replacing laptops as people ask for them. And you'd be surprised how much money that can save a company by just saying, we don't have a policy, we wait for you to ask, and suddenly you've saved $50,000 a year, (laughs) you know, because not everyone's willing to ask. Yeah, which is not great, but maybe you can champion the creation of that policy. Yeah, something tells me your company is about to get an equipment replacement policy if you play your cards right. <laughs> yeah, so ask for it. That's pretty easy. Yeah, go go to your manager and say my computer's too slow. And if you want to be, if you want to make it really, really easy for your manager, arm them with information such as under my old. With my old computer that was newer, I was able to get Workflow X, where Workflow X is an important part of the development process, done in Y amount of time. Now, with my new one, I am getting that same workflow done in Y times 1.8, or whatever the number is. You know, it's taking you a lot longer. And then just add up the amount of minutes per week that you're spending waiting for your computer, and it'll it'll get that new computer will get to you in a hurry, I promise. Yeah. For me, the frustration with... Uh slow company provided tech was i feel like that was a bigger cost than the actual productivity loss of of the time waiting like the increase in time to do things pale in comparison to my incandescent rage at like 
how <laughs> dumb this was that, that I was sitting here waiting and then that lost me more productivity. What about when it takes away, what does it do? It takes you out of the flow. And so you're that much more likely to navigate over to Twitter, you know, a social Slack account or something else. And then three hours later, you come back to work and go, oh, that's been done for two hours and 47 minutes. Yeah. And if only it was done two hours and 57 minutes ago. Yes, I wouldn't have gotten distracted. So there's a cost to that. You can appeal to uh, appeal to Moore's Law, say that transistors have doubled a few times on chips since then, and that's important to you. And therefore, my productivity is yes. held back by a factor of 47. Yes. <laughs> With this 2017 okay. MacBook. I, I think we answered this. I think so, too. It should be, this should be easy, I think. right? In fact, this might be the easiest question we've ever answered. I was just thinking that. You know what else I thought? I don't think quitting your job is a great solution to this question. <laughs> but you will very think, likely get a new laptop if you quit. <laughs> that is true, but that's an expensive solution. There's a way... Yeah, that's that's the nuclear option. <laughs> Isn't it always, though? Yeah, be prepared to quit if they <laughs> say no. All right, oh, what can people do if they want their own questions answered? Go over to softskills.audio and click ask a question. You can fill out our form. And we just want to say thank you to everyone who has done that. So many of you have written in questions every week. We will answer them all one day. That is a promise I'm guaranteed not to keep, but a promise I will make nonetheless. Guess what? When it's broken, you'll be dead. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, have a great week. We will talk to you next week.